forever. Dog. Welcome to the show, everyone. Episode one million and three. I am the one true god. A lot of false gods out there. A lot of posers. A lot of Zeus's. A lot of Odin's. A lot of Quetzalcoatl's. A lot of Eric Clapton's. Back in the day, when he wasn't even the best guitarist, Hendrix. But I am the one true god, joined as always by the one true sidekick, Joan of Arc. Joan, you look resplendent today. Resplendent? Thank you, my lord. I wish I had created <laughs> mankind so that they could see sound and they could appreciate how good you look in that armor. Where did you get that fan brace? Oh, the fan. Ah, thank you. Uh, the fan brace is actually from, well, in 1897, I met this guy in a ship. He was selling his Van Brace. It just, he, need, he didn't need it. Uh, so I, I added that to my collection. I sort of Frankensteined this armor, but thank you. No, it looks like one ensemble, and the pauldron completely matches the tacits. <laughs> no one ever notices that. Thank you. Uh, I, I am God. I don't give this job to dummies. I do notice these things. No, I love everything about it. I love the whole ensemble, the gorget, the placard, the rear brace, the gauntlet, the greaves, and the on the sabatons on your feet. Wow. Oh, I know. Nice, sabatons. <gasps> these sabatons, they, they were a lot of money, but I just sabaton-gasmed when I saw them. Understandable. I would ask one thing, though. Uh, your queer ass. What? Oh, the queer ass. Yes. Could you get your queer ass out of here? I know, no, and it's it's squeakier than normal. So I will, I'll oil the queer ass and then I'll put it back on and then. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, I, I, again, I love the ensemble, but I just, I just can't stand your queer ass. Uh, before I forget, end of the show after the Lizzie Borden interview, we have a song debut. I've written a new song that I want you all to hear, and I think you're going to find it very inspiring. It may remind you of certain sounds from the '60s from the beach. Hint, hint. And uh, well, what's the uh, what's the what's the buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Those of you who follow me on Twitter, and if you don't, by the way, obviously go to hell. I tweeted a few times this week about India, the subcontinent of India. There's a huge farmer strike happening there right now, the biggest strike in the history of the world. A quarter of a billion farmers and sympathizers are on strike, protesting new agricultural laws put forth by Prime Minister Narendra Modi that they say will make it impossible for them to sustain their livelihoods as farmers. I put out several tweets on behalf of the farmers. I got some nice support from a number of Indians. I also got some pushback from a number of people from India, a lot of hardcore Modi fans who are a lot like hardcore Donald Trump fans in that they love their country but hate most of the people who live in it. Now, what they said to me basically was, God, this is none of your business. This is a this is an Eastern thing. This is a subcontinent thing. This is an Asia thing. You have your turf. You're the Near East. You're Europe. You're North America. You're South America. You're everywhere in the Pacific where the missionaries went and weren't immediately killed and eaten. But the subcontinent, that's our turf, but out. Wow. I understand that point of view. My response is this. I know India is not lacking for gods. Do you know how many gods they have in India? Joan, this is true. How many? You don't have any? No, I don't know. 33 crore. Now, what is a crore you're going to ask? Uh, what's a crore? That, I, I told you you were going to ask it. Mm-hmm. A crore is a unit they only use in India. It means 10 million. What? So 33 crore is 330 million. They have 330 million gods in India. One god 
for every one quarter of a person in India. So they are they are godded up the yin yang. They are crazy ass godded. I understand that. But I am trying to break into the market. I offer something different from all the other gods, India. No, I don't offer meditation. No, I don't offer detachment. No, I don't offer a path to nirvana. For me, karma is not a boomerang. It's a bullet. I don't believe in reincarnation, and I can't offer you that because I know what happens when you die. And Joe, you can vouch for me. Don't say anything other than this because I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's not reincarnation. It's one and done. There's, 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 no, there's no second chance. You only live once unless you're a, a blood relative of mine. But I can tell you this. I offer things that no Brahma, no Shiva, no Vishnu can possibly offer you. I offer you stern judgment. I offer you harsh punishment. I offer you tons and tons of dogma. I offer you self-righteousness. I offer you a kind of polytheism and that there are three of me, which is also one of me. And most importantly of all, I offer the extraordinary satisfaction of knowing that you are going to heaven and everybody else who isn't exactly like you is going to hell. Indra's not going to do that for you, okay? Kali, crazy chick, crazy chick. She can't do that for you, India. So that's why I'm beseeching you, consider me, consider Jehovah, consider the J-Man. If I can just get 1% of you to come to my camp, come to Team God, that would be 13 million people. That would make such a difference to both me and my marketing team. It would be it would make all the difference in the world. So please consider that. And uh, that's it. That's all for the top of the show. I think that's the only topic I want to discuss. So we're done. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Yes, I watched the Super Bowl. Fucking Tom Brady. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Time now for my favorite segment. My second favorite segment. Time now for a segment. Bible study. study. It's no secret that the Bible has decreased in popularity over the last two or three thousand years. There are many reasons for this, but I think one of the biggest reasons is that people no longer understand just how alluring and enticing and earthy and, quite frankly, how hot the Bible really is. So I chose today's passage to counter that incredibly false idea. It's Genesis 5, and Joan and I were talking about this before the show, and Joan, you had an excellent idea as to how we can present this and study this in the right way. Yeah, uh, well, this is one of my favorites. So I picked out some music, uh, which I gave to Jesus to play uh, underneath while we read it. I wanted to, you know, spice this up for the young people listening. Is that what the young people like these days? They like the uh, the spicing? The WAP audience. What does WAP stand for? What has pussy. Okay. Here we go. Genesis 5. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that I created man, in my likeness I made him. 
I created them male and female. Male and female. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son and called him Seth. Seth, Seth, Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. Begat. And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. Enos. <laughs> and Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. Naughty. And Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalalil. Very naughty. And Mahalalil begat Jared. He could beget. And Jared begat Enoch. He loved to beget. And Enoch begat Methuselah. He put the big and beget. And Methuselah begat Lamech. And all the years of Methuselah were 969. That was great. That was great. That felt good. That's how it should be done. I, you know, you go to the, you go to the. If this was done in church that way, imagine if the priest was doing this from the pulpit and reading it like that about begetting this and begetting that. You mm-hmm. know, pretty soon everyone in the pews would just be begetting all over. You know what I'm talking about? Like get it, get it, get it, get yeah. it, and being fruitful mm-hmm. and multiplying, and oh. that's how you grow a church. Damn it! That's how you grow it. Oh, and that was Bible study. Every week, I answer one prayer. This is Prayer of the Week. Prayer of the Week! A reminder to listeners, I only answer prayers that are placed in reviews of this show, Godcast, on Apple Podcasts. That's it. If you place a prayer there, there's a chance I'll answer it. Don't get on your knees, fold your hands, Turn your eyes to heaven. Say, oh, Heavenly Father, I want this. I want that. I'm not listening. I've never listened. You look pathetic. Okay. Joan? I, you're just going to answer just one. So, uh, I That's mean, what I, I do. Yeah. One pair. Okay. I have a couple here that I was deciding between because they're all really just, good. Like, some people just the one. want something for themselves. Some just people want, want things from, like, uh, you know, for, for goodness for everybody. And it's hard to know uh, Joan, I should. Joan, I wanted to tell you something on this topic. Guess who I bumped into the other day? Short answer, every human being on the planet. Longer answer, Kirsten Dunst. Do you know Kirsten Dunst? Of course Remarkably talented actress. Lovely woman. Mm -hmm. Very bubbly. Very Mm -hmm. genial. She is interested in a career in podcast sidekickery. What? And she's very decisive. Um, Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting, Joan? As a matter of fact, I just decided on a great prayer for this week. This is from at Savvy VO, and they write, Longtime listener, first time prayer, pretty pleased with cherries on top. Tell me why. That's the prayer from at Savvy VO. Just tell me why. Yes. Cuz. And that was prayer of the week. Prayer of the week. All right, stick around. We've got Lizzie Borden next. I'm going to hatchet her. A few questions. Axe would have been the better pun there. My guest today is a Massachusetts spinster who may or may not have slaughtered her parents on August 4th, 1892. She has two books on the topic, If I Did It and Sorry I Axed. Please welcome Lizzie Borden. Ah, thanks for having me, God. 
Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm doing pretty good. Is that a is that a Fall River accent? You're from Fall River, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect Fall River, a classic Fall River, Massachusetts accent. I swear, this is what we all sound like. No, I know. Yes, yeah. you know. It, oh, yeah, of course, I know. you know. You know everything. What am I saying? Telling you, God, something new. I no, there's no such thing. Yeah, no, it's great to have you. And I'm people are going to discover through this interview that you're you're much more vivacious and outgoing and and charming than people I think assume you were. Thank you. I would like, I hope to prove that because a lot of people thought I was just this like weird little lady, not like pretty strong lady because they're like, we think she's strong, but like this strong, weird lady who just kind of like to hang out inside her house, you know, but I'm, I'm more fun than that. I know, I know a lot of stuff. I know how to jump rope. I can juggle with one hand. I'm still working on two hands, but one hand I could get two two balls or pears going or whatever. So I know a lot of stuff. I know a lot of stuff. That's interesting. That's great because, you know, I think for a lot of people, you are defined primarily by one incident. Oh, oh. Right in the middle of your life there, that 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 one day. I think I think you remember the one. I think I, I I know what you're talking about. Of course I remember it. Made me who I am today. It made me the Lizzie Borden. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. But was it always Lizzie, by the way? Because that's most people go with Elizabeth or Liz or Bess, but but you're a Lizzie. For a long time, my parents were like Elizabeth, Elizabeth, and I screeched at them and I said, "Call me Lizzie," and really hit those Z's hard. I did that. I I, I like Lizzie, Lizzie, way more than Elizabeth or anything. But for a long time, my parents tried to call me Elizabeth, and I I actually there was a time where I just wanted answer to Elizabeth until they called me Lizzie. And then I guess some issues like that with your parents never maybe really fully worked themselves out in a satisfactory uh, way. I didn't do anything. All right. Well, let's let's get into your life a little bit, because okay. I don't think people know much about about your life. Right. Uh, I think you were. Yeah. Uh, you born and grew up in Fall River, Massachusetts. And tell us a little bit about your childhood and your parents and how you got along with them. It was a classic childhood. Mother died pretty early in life. Uh, you know, classic for back then when it was like, you make it to 38 and people are like, oh my God, you did it. But my mom died a little earlier in my life and that bummed me out because we were very close. I was very close with my mom. And then my dad married this one hag who I just, she was just this fat little old hag. I hate, I mean, she was just a bad bad stepmother she was just a bad stupid stepmother but anyways i had a you know me and my sister we had a good time just being kids playing in rivers catching frogs ripping their legs off maybe uh yeah just kind of stuff like that and i remember you also used to do the thing that everybody in that era did which is that you take that hoop and then you push the oh. hoop forward with the stick. Oh, I love that hoop and stick. It's called hoop and stick. You know, kids these days, if they only had hoop and stick, we would have a better world. Yeah, it was, it was a simpler time. It was a simpler yeah. time when all you needed to mute yourself was a hoop and a stick. Exactly. If you could make it 15 feet without the hoop falling, holy shit, that was a good day. You know? Yeah. That was a good day to be alive. Having monitored you, as I do everybody oh. since your, for your entire life, I know the closest you ever got really oh. to a romantic encounter was one time at a party, you let Alexander Graham Bell go under the shirt over the bra. 
Yeah, yeah. I was at a party and I saw him and he was like, Hey, I wanna I wanna I wanna see what this Lizzie Borden is all about and I was like, I'll let you go under and over, dude, and you only get to touch my left tit. That was the deal. So he only got the left tit because can I be honest, my right tit is too hard. And it freaks me out, and I knew it would freak a- Alexander Graham Bell out. I did kind of make it that way, and I, I do give you – I apologize for Why that while I'm here. give me such a rock-hard right diddy, God? It's kind of embarrassing. Like, I've shattered vases and stuff. Yeah, you have to understand, like, when I make people like that physically, I'm not thinking of their feelings. I'm thinking of my amusement. God. Oh, God, come on. I also didn't know you were constantly watching me while I was growing up and trying to hook up with guys and everything. Well, it's not personal. I watch every that's that's the gig. That's that's the gig. I mean, I I watch everybody at all times. Okay, that's kind of the things. Do you watch people in the bathroom? I I can watch people in the bathroom. I I choose not to. I'll tell you one thing I can do. I I see everybody who masturbates as they masturbate. (gasps) God. You do. Then yeah, do yeah. you like it? Uh, no, I don't like it. It's generally fairly, fairly uncomfortable for me. Okay, good. But, I'm glad. Know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big god. I can handle it. Okay. But it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little awkward. Okay. Sure. A little awkward. Uh, as you grew up, also, you also became very proficient with axes. Oh yeah. I know you use them a lot from chopping wood. Uh, you used to uh, use them as cutlery. Oh yeah. I mean, have, have you ever tried to cut a tomato? It's hard. It's hard with a stupid knife, but give me an axe and I will just slice you some nice tomato slices. I'm talking thick, nice, not Subway sandwich ones, but like uh, a better deli. Your father at the time of his passing was worth $300,000. Whoa, so he was like better than Bezos or around there? Yes, yes. Well, good. I'm glad he's fucking dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was worth a lot of money. He was worth a lot of money. And as you said, he was married to his second wife, your stepmother, whom yeah. you did not particularly care for. No, I told her I was like, don't I'm not calling you mother. I told her that I was like, I'm not calling you mother. What did you call her? Bitch. Yeah, you did. I you sure did. I yeah. remember you called her that a lot. Yeah. Let's get to what I think, again, many would argue is the most important day okay. of Lizzie Borden's life, but that is August 4th, 1892. Mm. This is a chance for all the people who didn't know you because they weren't born yet to hear from your end of things. Okay. What went down on that day? Okay. I'll tell, I'll tell, I'll tell you. Okay. Cause I got nothing to hide. I got nothing to hide. So on August 4th, It was a typical day in the Borden house, you know? I was up in my room in the morning, and I got to tell you, I had a lock on my door because I didn't want that bitch stepmother of mine to come in because she Mm, likes mm. she was a snooper. She liked to snoop around and like to, you know, I she just, she sucked, man. She just sucked bad. So it was just a typical morning. Father went out to go have some meetings like he does because he's a businessman. You know, he's a businessman. Right. Then bitch went out, too. She had to go call on some friends. So I was like, great, get out of here. Okay, get out of here. I need my time. I uh, worked out a little bit. What was your exercise routine back then? I just walked up and down the stairs a couple of times. And that, I'll tell you, gets you going. It gets you going. In a corset? Shit, man. 
It'll fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I was like, I was outside eating a bunch of pears. I was just outside in the barn pounding pears because I love pears. I love to just pound like six or seven pears at a time. Just, um, um, um. I was there. And then I get home. I got to ask you. I have to ask you. Are you an Anjou woman or a Bartlett woman? With the pears. What is the first one? Anjou. What is that? That sounds fancy. No, yeah, yeah. Anjou pear. You never heard of it? Okay, so obviously you're a Bartlett pear woman. Not Bosque. You don't do Bosque. You don't do any of the... What are you talking about, God? I made a number of different cultivars of pears. I just had the, the classic, you know, green, greenish, funny shape. Okay, the pear-shaped one. The pear-shaped one. The pear-shaped pear. Pear-shaped pear, yes. Pear-shaped yeah, yeah, yeah. Pear. And I just, okay. you know, we had a pear tree, so I was just pounding those in the farm, in the in the in the barn, because also like my stupid bitch stepmother would always make fun of me about how much I eat. Mm. She always would make fun of me and for how much I eat, and I was just like, you know what? Fine, I'm gonna go just do what I want in the barn. And then I come in after so many pears because I had to take a shit. And lo and behold, holy, my my stepmother's dead. God, I hate her so much. I was like, what? Why is it? And and then and that's it. I was pounding pears in in the in the barn. And then and and who'd have thunk a double murder could have happened. Obviously, what you're saying is you didn't do it. No, my God. You think, no, come on. Why? Come on. I could never, I would just, I couldn't, how would, why would you think, I could never, I, that's so, you sound, you sound nuts. I could never, I wouldn't, I can't, do, I can't even imagine having the, the strength. I did no. Are you kidding? No. I couldn't, I could never. I could never, God. I could never just bash someone with an axe over and over and then like after the first hit making it be like whoa that felt really good i better just keep fucking going i'm gonna just keep going i could never do anything like that i don't know that feeling i don't know that feeling of raw power you sound very convincing <gasps> you sound very convincing, raw, raw very convincing power that just makes you fucking feel so good and confident and strong and yeah oh shit yeah. But that's not you, though. That's not you. What? Yeah, no, no. God, no. No, no. I'm busy. I'm chill. You were, of course, a few days after the murders, arrested. You were taken into custody by law enforcement. Right. And I remember this. As you were taken into custody, over and over again, you yelled, fuck the police. I was saying that because they weren't doing their job correctly. You know, they were, they were, we see this all the time. We see this all the time where a murder happens, maybe a double murder happens, and the police just need someone to pin it on, and they just tunnel vision in on that person, and that was me, where I was like, there's so many other people in Fall River you gotta check out. So you think they were unfairly focusing in on the only person who possibly could have done it? Yeah, hey, come on, guy. It could have been, you know, there's so many people in Fall River that could have jimmied all 17 locks on the front door and come in and easily killed uh, my nasty stepmother and then waited like an hour and 20 minutes uh, until my dad came home, killed him, 
then this whole time I was pounding pears in the barn. So yeah, it's, 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 it wasn't me. By the way, just so everybody knows who's listening, when she says pounding pears, that's not a euphemism for some other act. She means pounding pears. She means eating a lot of pears. Yeah, I mean just... eating a lot of pears. I mean eating a lot of pears. So you went to trial. It was the trial of the 19th century. Were you ever concerned that you were going to be found guilty? Oh, of course, of course, of course, you know, because you never know. Because like I say, fuck the police. They were really forcing in ideas about me and me wanting to kill my stepmom and my dad. You know, they were really saying all this stuff about how, like, my dad gave my stepmom a, a bunch more money than he ever gave me and my sister. And then that was like, I got mad, which I did. I got really mad about that, but not to the point where I would just like hack away at two people. It was kind of, and it's hard, like, I'm not that, I can't, I would never strip down nude and just attack two people in my family with an axe. And then, you know, saw off that axe head and then try to burn the handle, but it survived the fire. I would never do that. I would never, ever do that. How do you feel the moment you hear the words, not guilty? What's going through your mind? Oh, my God. My God. To What's going through my mind? Holy shit. I got away with it. Just kidding. That's not, I was, thank goodness, thank goodness. The evidence wasn't there. I see I didn't do it. I'm telling you, I didn't do it. I said, I know that. I know I didn't do it. Uh, yeah, just happy, joy, joy, pure joy. Relief, but not the kind that a, a murderer getting away with it would f feel. You know what I'm saying? You know exactly what I'm saying. You're God. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's interesting you you say, describe the feelings you're describing, because I know shortly after you were found not guilty, you privately wrote a book that would later be sort of, the theme would be picked up over a century later by another famous alleged double murderer. Mm. You wrote a book called If I Did It, and that was a speculation of, of how you would have done it had you done it. That's exactly that's exactly it. Because I think I think though you you know it, uh, I did it because I think people were so curious of like Lizzie, right. if you had done it, how would you have done it? It wasn't me trying to just get any weight of the world and guilt off of me somehow. Sure. You know, it wasn't sure. that at all. It wasn't that at all. It was absolutely just me being like the world wants to know. If I were to have done it, which I did not, here is exactly how I would have done it, uh, when I would have done it, ex everything, everything. So, yeah, I wrote that book. It's an amazing book. I'll tell you what's amazing about Thank it is it seems it is so plausible. It is so credible. It seems to be like exactly how you would have done it had you done it. It makes total sense. Every detail adds up. Thank you. It's amazing how you conceived that, Lizzie. Thank you. You went on after that to live 35 more years. Uh, 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 I, I don't really. Is there anything you want to say about the 35 years afterwards? You I, know, I, I was treated pretty pretty poorly uh, people were rooting for me during the trial but as soon as it came as soon as the trial was over everybody who was even rooting for me was like you did it we want to stay away from you right yeah yeah so i had a, you know i was the house that a lot of little kids would 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 uh, see and be like oh we hear a murderer lives in there you know and i'm not gonna lie every once in a while i would hey I would grab an axe, 
and I would come racing out my front door just to give him a little scare, you know? Because you got to kind of embrace your God. Hey, if lemons make lemonade. So I was like, hey, if you want to say I'm an axe murderer, I'm going to give you a show. Right. That makes total sense. I'm going to give you a show. So, yeah. Now, I want to talk about what, surprisingly enough, is probably the most lasting legacy of your life, ah. which is a popular jump rope rhyme. <gasps> For children. Yes. And I'm going to play it right. I'm going to play it for us r- right now. Okay. Lizzie bought it, took an axe, and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Now, who, I have to ask, who, who wrote that? Was that your, was that your lyric or was that somebody that did you outsource that? Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I saw some kids playing like a couple of months after the trial. I saw some kids playing. And they're like, whoa, you're Lizzie Borden. Like, whoa, did you? And and so, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're jump roping. And I was like, can I get in on this double dutch? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm not going to lie. I had been kind of thinking of it for a while. Because that's kind of how, like, your legacy lives on is getting a little song or something. And so, you know, I so I did. I wrote it. I wrote it. I kind of wrote it during trial when I was bored. It was very shrewd. Very shrewd because it guarantees you seemingly immortality. Yeah. And I don't think any other serial killer. Well, no, that's not true. There actually are a couple of other serial killers who did write some rhymes that have now become used in playgrounds. I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to play one for you right now. Hold on, hold on a second. Okay. John Wayne Casey was a clown who buried victims in the ground. Then as soon as he was caught, he painted clowns that people bought. I, I like that one. I, that's not how the, I mean, it's a ripoff. It is. It's a ripoff. It's but a ripoff. Is it that flattery or whatever imitation is flattery? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. There yes. we go. Yeah. So, hey, I take it. I'll take it. That Wayne Gacy guy sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was. Uh, it was an interesting, interesting life he had. There's one other, um, one other rhyme. I'm gonna just okay. run this by you. Get your reaction on this. Every Dahmer with his knives took seventy people's lives. When he knew that they were dead, he ate them with a glass of red. Wow. I get it. Like to me at that point, it's like, it's like Superman three. Like it's not, yes. like I would not want to jump rope to that. I honestly have to tell you. I will. I, Hey, I get it like that. I would have more hard times hitting all the words, you know, trying to, and as a kid, I'd be like, what is a glass of red? Like, what does that mean? You know, but yeah, it doesn't make sense. In theory, the idea of a song for children about Jeffrey Dahmer eating 17 bodies is a good idea. In theory. In theory, it's a great idea. Yeah. But in practice, I don't like the execution here. Right. I, I don't like I don't like how it came right. out. Right. Because like yeah. these kids need to know about these freaks, you know, these freaks roaming around. And so if there's if some if they're singing that Jeffrey Dahmer thing and they're like, whoa, this dude's reminding me of Dahmer, I better bail. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's, it's a very good thing. It's a good thing. Lizzie, thank you so much for dropping by. Of course, you had no choice, but nevertheless, thank you so much for dropping by. Thank you for having me, God. You're, you're welcome. And by the way, you look great. Is that, that's a period dress you're wearing, right? Oh, that's yeah, a- yeah. Corset and all. It's very hot. I've already fainted 12 times today because uh, it's hard to breathe. But uh, yeah, thank you. You like it? 
I do. I do. I know the corset's very, very uh, hard to wear on the on the waist, right? Very hard. It, my all of my organs are like. Uh, I had a doctor's appointment the other day, and apparently my liver is just like where my heart should be, and we don't know where my heart went. My heart's somewhere, like I think, in my back. Lizzie Borden, thank you for dropping by the Godcast. Thanks for having me, God. Well, that's our show. I want to thank Lizzie Borden. I want to thank at Savvy VO, our guest prayer. And I want to thank Joan of Arc. Thank you, Joan. Thank you. I know it got a little uncomfortable, but... No, it was very uncomfortable. And now I'm going to leave you, as promised, with a song. It's my take on a Beach Boys classic. I hope you like it. Talk to you next week. You may believe I love you That I'm smiling down from above you and I'd smile the same without you I couldn't care less about you I only know why I even made you None of you can perceive me And you wouldn't want to believe me Cause when you start praying to me your words are like poison to me I only know why I even made He only knows why he even made I only know why I even made He only knows why the hell he bought I only know why I even made He only knows why you walk this planet Podcast is a Forever Dog production. Audio production and engineering by Left Handed Radio. Executive produced by Alex Ramsey, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and David Jabberbaum. Original music by Gabe Lopez. Joan of Arc appears courtesy of Tara Sands. For more original podcasts, visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For ad-free episodes and exclusive bonus content from this show and others, Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. And if you haven't already, remember to follow God on Twitter at the Tweet of God. Forever.